I'm Matt Bush with BPR News. I'm speaking with Asheville City Councilman Keith Young. Councilman, thank you so much for coming in today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So the Green New Deal, a local version of this, um, talk about what some of the things that it entails. So uh, a local Green New Deal, the goal of a local Green New Deal is to kind of mirror off of what the federal legislation was aspiring to do, but what we can do on a local level, um, change that we can actually affect. The goal of a Green New Deal is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions in order to avoid the worst consequences of climate change. And, you know, while also doing that, trying to fix some of the societal problems such as economic uh, inequality and racial injustice, and basically just take some some things that I've seen going on around the state as well um, as what the federal legislation wants uh wants done around the country so there that would be climate resilience uh public transportation jobs uh and the economy um as far as economic mobility um equity and inclusion and so those are some of the packages uh, some of the things that would be in this local package so take us through a little bit. You mentioned some of the prongs that we can start with climate resilience. What's, what sorts of things does this do with climate resilience? So as it pertains to climate resilience, I was doing some research around the state, just trying to see what other local municipalities are doing on the level of having a really good program or something that they were working on as it pertained to climate resilience. And I stumbled across a model and Fayetteville, where Fayetteville um, has a solar farm. And so I was looking around and I'm like, wow, if we could actually do something like that here, um, that would definitely help. And so it was inspired by the Fayetteville model. And in Fayetteville, beginning in January, um, a subscriber with one solar panel uh, on their farm would pay a monthly fee and receive a credit. we could be able to do something like that here. And so that that would affect your electric bill, but also it would allow individuals in the community to be able to buy into that system. So it wouldn't just be uh, homeowners. So like right now, if you're a homeowner, you can get solar panels on your homes. Um, But if you're a renter, you can't. And so this sort of program would allow renters and homeowners alike to be able to buy into that system without having to put, you know, solar panels on your home. Uh, you could get a kickback on your uh, your electric bill. Um, and so that is the process that the model that I'm looking at. And, and I've, I've reached out to our city attorney, and I believe that we do have the ability to be able to do something like this. And I would like to explore it more. Um, I don't pretend to be an expert on all things climate. I am by far not that, but I believe that um, taking the initiative and trying to find what are some things out there that we could be doing to help uh, reduce our carbon emissions and that the community can actually join in as well. Um, A lot of things that we've been asked to do has pertained strictly to the city of Asheville government itself and not the general public. And so this would be something that the general public could join in on. Uh, Another uh, sort of point you wanted to, that you said this will address is equity and equality. What sorts of things does it look at there? So uh, toward the tail end of the summer, um, you asked me about equity and inclusion. I went to Asheville High. I was invited to go to the Black Summer 2019 that was put on by Youth Empowered Solutions. And there was uh, these these this this group of youth that did this spectacular documentary, talked to uh, us about how climate change actually is a social justice item. And when you start to talk about, you know, equity and inclusion, climate change affects uh, disproportionately. Uh, individuals of lower means. And so 
the things that I want to do in this local Green New Deal would be to continue. Um, I've kind of been on the forefront of implementing and expanding um, the way that our city government uh, addresses equity and inclusion. I just want to make sure that we have a recommitment um, to those priorities as far as equity and inclusion. And, and currently, you know, um, we have our Human Relations Commission. We have our dis- our disparity study that was done to help um, address the minority business owners and women's contracts that we have for the city. I want to continue that work. Um, I also want to continue the work of trying to build resilient communities through entrepreneurship and having the city help as being an incubator for minority-owned business and and giving them uh, some of the uh, tools and skills that they need in order to be successful with contracting with the city as well as other ventures. So just trying to to basically uh, establish that the city is committed still to equity and inclusion and making sure that when we talk about climate change, that the decisions that we do make, whether it be passing resolutions or putting things in place, uh, to make sure that those effects of those policies are looked at through an equity lens. Public transportation was another one. There is some talk about support of this at the county level uh, also, and that would be very important to have. So talk about what you're talking about with public transportation. So as it pertains to public transportation, it's specifically fare free. I know there are some other things that we need to be doing with our transit system. Um, um, but I began working on fare free transit in 2016 as soon as I entered office. Um, at that time, though, I was unable to gain traction with other council members. We believe we needed to go other ways as far as how we address transit. Um, but now I believe that there is an opportunity um, based on what Chairman Newman has come out with that the county may possibly be willing to supplement the loss of the fare free. I mean, the loss of the fare to to create a fare free transit system. So I think that is something that that we could look toward. I look forward to developing that initiative and uh, once again, expanding our conversations with our county officials who have graciously began the expansion of our transit system into other areas of Buncombe County, but also being able to get more people on the bus. I think when you look at our transit system, I think uh, there, there are words that are used such as our choice riders. And, you know, when I start to look at what a choice rider is, it's one of those you, you really don't have to be on the bus. But a lot of our decisions we make sometimes are geared around choice riders. And so in my mind, I kind of feel like, okay, I want to re- I want to replace the word choice with uh, a privileged rider, meaning that you don't necessarily have to ride the bus, but you're choosing to. But we have a whole se- a separate segment of individuals that don't have that choice at all. And so we need to make the bus system uh, as accessible as accessible as possible to those. We need to make sure that it's on time. We need to make sure that our routes are going where they need to go and that expansion is done in a smart and and, and comprehensive way. So fare free is just one step to that. I know there are many different aspects of, of our transit system that definitely need to be attacked as far as how do we make our transit system better. Uh, I know there might be some folks out there listening like there's more than just fare free. And yes, there is more than just fare free. And I'm, o- I'm okay with, um, with with looking at those those initiatives as well and trying to help finance those and I we have some other things going on that that uh, hopefully in the near future I can bring to the public 
public light with some other individuals about trying to finance some of the other things that we want to do with our transit system. But fare free for my Green New Deal, our Green New Deal is 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 definitely something I want to look at. That kind of touches on my last question a bit because uh, you said the green this proposal that you're uh, putting out really touches on a lot of things that aren't just climate change and fare free transit would be something that certainly would impact more than just environmental causes. Um, so talk a bit about that. How the you believe this this package of bills, this package of proposals, really touches on several different issues, not just environmental ones. So in the overview, when Representative. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Senator Markey set out with the Green New Deal on the federal legislation. It was specifically um, they set goals for some drastic measures such as to cut the carbon emissions, to uh, affect the economy, uh, you know, from electricity generation to transportation to agriculture. And in the process, it aims to create jobs and boost the economy overall. And so when you look at a Green New Deal, it's not just about uh, being climate resilient. It's about um, the economic inequality that happens, the racial injustice that happens, and to be able to fix, again, like I stated earlier, societal problems um, and and avoid some of the worst consequences of climate change. So I hope that folks aren't looking at a Green New Deal specifically as just a climate uh, resilient type package. It's 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 more than that. I think it involves um, what we as a society have witnessed over a period of time, an extended period of time of the um, the inequality and, and, and the way that our um, the way that our, our our system is actually moving. I would say there, there's a couple other pieces that we didn't touch on. We touched on the climate resilience piece. We touched on uh, the fair free transit, but we didn't touch on the affordable housing piece in a dollar lot program. So, and and the the economic piece, which I'll I'll get back to. Let me go to the affordable housing piece first. The affordable housing piece is basically when I sit in my housing and community community development meetings, and developers come through and they're asking for land use incentive grants, and they're they're asking for housing trust fund money, and the city has a goal of sixty percent AMI. Um, when we put money toward projects, um, I've always asked developers, what is the estimated total cost of this project? And when they give us that, usually the developers' issues are with funding a project. The city has means of funding things outside of our 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 general fund. We have good credit. Um, the city's good faith and credit could extend uh, a long way to housing as it pertains to our lot, what we call lobs and sobs, our long-term obligation bonds and our short-term obligation bonds. Just a quick crash course on how that may work. The city could put up, say, $1.2 million in funds and leverage $12 million through lobs and sobs. Of course, we have to have the ability to pay it back. But some of the most expensive projects that I've come across in my housing and community development meetings are not that level. Um, and so I am ask, actually asking for uh, folks to explore the opportunities of the city of Asheville becoming its own developer when it pertains to affordable housing projects. We don't have to make a profit off of these projects. We do understand that we want deeply affordable housing in the city of Asheville. Um, that is something that has been going on since before I came into office. And despite spending the most amount of money that we've spent in quite some time, on affordable housing, um, we still have not seemed to 
make a dent, made a dent in it, really. Um, and so I would like to explore the opportunities of the city of Asheville becoming its own developers, being able to leverage its own funds, um, whether it be for giving out loans or even actually just building its own projects. That's one aspect of it. The second aspect of the affordable housing uh, wing of this Green New Deal would be a dollar lot program. Back in the 80s, um, there were lots of homes that were built um, and historically African-American communities based on, at that time, what was called a dollar lot program, where basically this there would be city-owned land, uh, a bank of city-owned land that individuals such as yourself and me and whoever else could bid on. Um, and whatever that bid price is, we win, the, we win the lot, we use the land for collateral to get a construction loan. Someone who was in that position to do that is not necessarily going to be the very least among us, but they wouldn't necessarily be the wealthiest at all either. Um, my parents were some of the folks that were able to leverage the dollar lot program. Uh, when you look at the East End community itself, it's one of the communities that is that that has withstood gentrification to a certain level. And when you go through that community, you see these dollar lot homes. If you didn't know, those were the programs that got these homes. But there are lots of homes in that community that have dollar lot homes, uh, homes that have withstood gentrification over a period of time. Uh, folks being able to purchase homes, say, at forty, fifty thousand dollars whose homes are now worth two hundred, fifty thousand dollars or more. That is another side of the the Green New Deal locally that I would like to to look at getting back into with city owned land. Um and then there's one more that that I can't necessarily really speak on too much because it's not finished. It's the the jobs and economics piece that uh I've been I'm I'm working with the Chamber of Commerce. And this piece was specifically when I started working with the chamber, it wasn't specifically for a Green New Deal. But as we went along working on uh, this piece with the Chamber of Commerce, I included it, kind of included it to my package saying, hey, this is exactly um, what the federal legislation is asking for folks to do, kind of, you know, what can I do on my level? And so basically um, the program I'm not, doesn't really have a name, but it works to establish equity partners with employers who are committed to the success of their employees personally and professionally. Um, and the goal is to increase workforce participa participation and job retention for housing authority residents. Uh, the mission is basically to empower and support families experiencing poverty and during their transition from what we would call surviving to thriving through meaningful employment. So that's a mouthful. What basically is that? That, that means that, you know, we provide one-on-one -on -one, uh, mentorship with a certified peer support specialist, uh, facilitating access to support services and wealth building, developing alliances with equity partners with living wage employers, and also having these equity partners guarantee you know, like, you know, if these folks are in this program, like, hey, let's get these folks an interview. Let's let's try to make their life a little bit better. Let's you know, we all witness in the city of Asheville that there is a huge wealth gap. Um, you know, you've got folks that wait tables. You've got folks that work in restaurants and the tourist industry. And, you know, you want living wage jobs. This would be something where individuals in this program would be kind of uh funnel to jobs that actually pay a living wage and that the employer is the employer is basically saying hey if you come work for me I want to make sure that you know you're good when you leave the job too 
You know, you have a good home to go to. Um, your family is is in a good position. And that, you know, if you have people that are healthy outside of work, they're going to be better workers inside mm-hmm. as well. So I probably said a little bit more than I probably should say because it's not it's it's not um, it's not a complete complete project now it's still in the works and and just as everything in in this whole green new deal it's it's a living breathing document i don't think anybody has put anything on the table to this caliber uh to my to my knowledge i i understand that there will probably be a lot of people that criticize there may be a lot of people that praise but at the same time i would say what i've put out there is a living breathing document and i want people to give me input and i think so far i think i've had people send me emails already and make phone calls to me and saying hey i like that or or saying hey you're an idiot i don't like that you know um i don't believe in climate change and so I'm getting it from both sides, but at the same time, I think if we're going to make change in the city on any kind of tangible level, that we've got to be bold enough to put it out there and take the heat for whether it is, whether people like it or they don't, and then be able to craft something that we can all move forward with and that's going to be beneficial to every segment of our our community here. And so that's what I'm trying to do. It's not going to be perfect. Um, it's not going to be to everybody's likings, but it is the work that folks have elected me to do. It is the work that people uh, want you to put your chest out there in the line of fire and say, hey, uh, you've been asking for certain things. Here's what I can do. And I, and I definitely hope to hear from many people from my community to tell me, you know, what they would like added or how to go about doing it. But hopefully in January, um, I will make some sort of step forward on some of this stuff. Uh, hopefully all of it. I think taking a Taking an approach uh, that they've taken on a federal level, which is, as we all know, the Green New Deal is kind of, I don't want to say dead in the water, but they've taken a different approach. They're not asking for a whole total package. They're trying to pick out things and get past what they can get past. Um, And so I think that's logical. I think when you work with a body that big, that's kind of the approach that you need to take. Get the support where you can. And even locally, it kind of works a lot of times because everybody's not going to be on the same boat. I think everybody thinks that we're 50 shades of blue on city council. But, you know, everybody has their own ideas and everybody has their own uh, way that they want to approach things. And so if I can get support on fair free transit, but don't have support on North Carolina's largest community solar farm, then I will redirect and I will try to try to do what I can do where I can, where I can do it. So.